just ahead of President's Day, the organization, the New Deal Forum, that works with over 200 officials across the country, released their plan, the Democracy Playbook. It is a blueprint that recommends the work to be undertaken by officials to strengthen our democracy ahead of the 2024 elections. It is their response to the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The Democracy Playbook offers over 40 actionable recommendations that state and local leaders can institute to better support election management, to protect voting rights, and strengthen our democracy. The playbook offers policies and best practices to counter voter suppression tactics, fortify election integrity, to keeping voters safe on Election Day. On this edition, we continue turning through the pages of the Democracy Playbook with the leader CEO of the New Deal Forum, Ms. Debbie Cox Bolton. The playbook also mentioned the real one of the real threats to elections, um, countering the uh, the misinformation. Yeah, that's going on. It's so true. It's so true, and it's such a tricky, hard issue to tackle for sure. Um, you know, I this is this is not in the playbook, but I will I will just note that my um, I mentioned I have teenagers, and um, uh-huh. I, I I saw somewhere like this online poll or online quiz or whatever you call it where you know it asks people to um go through and determine if a statement was fact or opinion (laughs) and some like abysmal amount of people could not tell the difference and so i had my teenagers do it just like out of like i had this panic attack and you Mm -hmm. know they did it and they, they did well actually thank god but um but you know i do think it's really important i mean we're just bombarded with information we're listening to the you know to only the people who um, you know, as a society who reinforce our, you know, the beliefs we have, not getting other points of view, you know, and again, and, and, and even more, you know, detrimental than that, like not even agreeing on what are, what are actually facts. So I, I think it's something we actually have to absolutely have to address. And so that you've mentioned the playbook, the playbook um, does have, which I think, I think it's the first of its kind in the country, um, a Delaware um, piece of legislation that Sarah McBride, a New Deal leader, passed, which um, requires uh, high school curriculum to include um, a conversation about online information, you know, learning how to tell what is fact. And I mean, I don't, I don't know all the specifics, but, you know, determining what to do is fact or opinion, um, you know, just giving people the tools they need to uh, to navigate this really um, pretty new kind of Wild Westy environment on, on what's what's real and what's not. And it, it is absolutely critical. I mean, look, you know, the whole lead up to January 6th, you know, was such a, um, you know, tragic and horrific, uh, you know, uh, path on what can happen when all this disinformation is spread. Now we're peeling back the layers. And, you know, I was actually, um, you know, uh, watching the the January 6th um, commission um, mm-hmm. meeting, one of the hearings, I actually was in D.C. watching one of the hearings, when uh, really um, such a powerful testimony was given from somebody from Ohio about why they came to the <laughs> to the Capitol that day. And, you know, and basically he was like, look, I, you know, I was told this thing, I believed it. 
Um, I, uh, I, I've now since learned that what a lot of what I was told was not true. And, um, you know, if I have one message for people, it's like to take the blinders off and to make sure you understand where you're getting your information from. So, you know, we, we got really lucky that, you know, the, that the, the breach held, you know, that, that we were able to, um, you know, weather, uh, the, the 2020 election crisis in January 6th, but, yeah. um, and a lot of heroic people stood up and did that, but we, we've got long-term, uh, challenges we have to solve and disinformation misinformation is is absolutely critical it isn't the system that's the problem it's the issues you want to run on yeah and and when you lose you can't blame the system yeah well can i say this too i mean i i think that's super interesting you said that and i i feel like i mean one thing that gave me a lot of hope and was very heartening to me was the outcomes of the um of the midterm elections in the Mm -hmm. sense of you know people who were running as election deniers, people who were running, um, you know, against kind of our system of democracy, by and large lost. And I thought that that was such a huge testament to the American people to, to kind of see, see that and understand yeah. that democracy is important and that the people who are going to undermine it and to, um, you know, to battle against it, uh, you know, are not, we're not going to put into elected office. And that's particularly, I mean, it's true at any level of office, but some of the ones that made me the most nervous were people who were running for secretaries of states or for local election, you know, administrators, you know, who, whose jo- whole job is to, you know, administer these fairly and in a, in a nonpartisan, um, you know, way. And, um, you know, to have them kind of um, running against the system was, you know, was incredibly scary to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. America, we vote one ballot. That's it. There's not a special ballot for every single race, just one. And the election system is there to just tabulate the ballots. And whoever yeah. wins, yeah. wins. Whoever loses, loses. So yeah. you can always have uh, confidence in that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, exactly. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And I, and I just feel like... Um, you know, there's, uh, there's just, yeah, I, I feel like just people have to understand, you know, a lot about, people need to learn more about the system. Let me say that. You know, I feel like one of the other pieces of misinformation that was really kind of, you know, was calculated and was um, so hurtful was right because of the way we particularly were voting in 2020 because of the uh, the pandemic and we were doing so much more vote by mail and the drop boxes and other things so people didn't have to be in person together during the middle of the of COVID, yeah. you know, was 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 you know what was going to happen and how that was going to play out and so one thing is the more and more people use that system which again I think is a fantastic system because it just allows more people to vote from um, you know and make it easier but sure. you know the the some of the rules in the different states about when those ballots could be um, count, you know counted how, how long it would take to report the results um, and then and then who voted that way versus who didn't you know that was very complicated and so you know people were hearing that like oh well you're you know you're you you're going to be up you know here but then you know when the absentee votes start coming in start getting counted you're going to lose and that's because new votes are being found or whatever the language they were using was you yeah. know and that was just you know it, it was absolutely predictable and it made a lot of sense if you understood why you know that some of those absentee votes couldn't be counted by law you know even till after the end yeah. of election day, right? right. Um, but you know that that requires, to your earlier point, kind of a knowledge of the system and and um, and an uh, and an awareness that that a lot of you know that a lot of just people who vote and don't pay attention and nor should they have to you know um, don't understand. And so it's again up to us, I think, as people who care about this. And yes, we should all get educated, and we should um, we should do more educating. I think the playbook also suggested that election day be made a holiday. 
And yeah, yeah. Uh, you may have some companies say, well, we don't want to pay them for a holiday. Well, you can make it on a Saturday. There you go. It's still a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. I think there's lots of ways that that can happen, and I do. You know, I like the idea, and um, there are there are a number of cities and um, and other jurisdictions who have already done that for like giving their um, you know city employees the day off to vote. Um, I think so. You know, and at a minimum, I mean, I like making the holiday, but I mean, at a minimum, you know, I think we have a, a section at the end that's not geared only toward elected officials or election administration, but also toward just normal people, business owners and others. And, you know, if you're not, if we're not going to make it a holiday in the interim, um, you know, give your people time off to vote during the day, right? Don't, don't penalize them for that. I mean, I think that's something yeah. that every civic minded person, business owner can do, you know, or, or give them the day off to be a poll worker, as we were talking about earlier, just, you know, to support your employees, um, you know, doing their civic duty. Civic duty. Um, you can talk about businesses. How can businesses become more involved in civic with civic engagement outside of maybe supporting their own individual candidates for their own self-interest. How can they yeah. become more engaged to help their employees? Yeah. Well, like that, you know, just, as I just said, I think one of the main, you know, one main thing people can, folks can do if they're business owners is to, um, you know, allow their employees the time off that they need to vote or to, to work in. Uh, as a poll worker or whatever it is. And I think another, and a lot of companies do this um, well, but, you know, is to offer nonpartisan um, information to their employees about where and how to vote in their states. Every state's different, yeah. you know, so it's, um, you know, have those kind of resources available for your employees, help them, um, you know, help, help them help democracy. Help them help <laughs> democracy. <You know? laughs> By giving them those that information and that uh, and that support in their participation in it, I always run into people saying, "Well, I, you know, this this is really a big issue. I don't think my, me as an individual can can do very much to to help or to affect." And some of them get frustrated because they can't think of anything. What you, would you recommend to listeners that they could do as individuals? Some of the action steps for civic engagement that the one or two things that they can do to help make democracy work and elections work yeah well the very first and foremost thing of course is they can vote <laughs> right and they can tell right. their friends and neighbors to vote and they can drive their neighbor who can't get to the polls to the polls and they can um you know just make all of you know just just engage in that way i, I think another i mean there's a lot of things folks can do but i think another thing is to is to combat that information disinformation i mean these are conversations we're having around kitchen tables now or at the workplace or whatever and so when you hear something that you know oh well this you know election was stolen because of blah blah blah. I think it's you know I think it's important to to just you know is to to take that on and to say no that's not right you know here's here's the information this is you know this is how we do it if you do this I get you know I get this I show you my text where it shows I voted and that it shows that you know they received my ballot you know you can do that too I just think it's. Um, it's important to engage in these conversations. Supporting, um, you know, some of these changes and and um, and legislation and other things in, in from an advocacy perspective, whether it's uh, making absentee ballots permanent, whether it's you know do, having more drop boxes in your community, whether it's um, you know trying to find more opportunities for. Um, for public for national service, uh, those are all things that people can you know support and um, and let their elected officials know that it's something they support. Well, you know the bottom line on it is that one place we don't need any division at all is in elections because the more yeah. that people can vote, no matter which side you're on, the more opportunity 
you have the win. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's right. And that's why it's, you know, it's kind of, I mean, I'll open up a whole other can of worms if I start related, comparing it to the mask, uh, masks. But, you know, I I do, I do feel, just forget that. But I do, I do feel like um, I I absolutely agree with with your point that this is, you know, elections should not be partisan, right? And I also, the reason I was going to compare it is because I'm really honestly and utter, you know, really utterly confused by the fact that people think that one that, that making it easier to vote might benefit one party or another, right? I mean, really, the truth is that kind of probably depends on where you live, whether you live in a you know more uh, blue or a more red state or whatever it is. But these tools that we're giving people that we we're that we're encouraging and recommending these tools in terms of making it easier to vote, um, you know, being able to to get to your ballot uh, places at a at a time that works for you, um, whether you know protecting poll workers, none of those are, should be partisan issues. None of them. I mean, this is, you know, to your point, this is uh, this is the fundamental way we have in a democracy to make our voice heard and to tell people who we want representing us and to pretend, you know, to act like that's one party or another's um, domain just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. The New Deal Forum. Yeah. What else are you working on besides the playbook? What else does the forum do? Yeah, well, I appreciate the question, and I, you know, I will take my last opportunity to also, I should have, um, at least, it was, I talked earlier about how much we appreciate Colorado's efforts in, um, in, in, in really being a beacon for, for good democracy, and, and I really want to commend your governor, um, Jared Polis, who I think has just done an excellent job on this. But to your, um, to your question, thank you, New Deal Forum, yeah, we're, you know, we are really about trying to find good best practices all over the country in a variety of issue areas, uh, where we have these elected officials who are doing great work. So we have work going on right now on um, education, on climate, on broadband. You know, there's really an opportunity right now. The federal government has uh, made a lot of investments at the state and local level since um, COVID. um, And we're working with our elected officials around the country to make sure those uh, monies are being, um, you know, that are really having impact and impact in which they are. And then highlighting those success stories, housing, childcare, a number of issues like that. But there's so much um, exciting, you know, we hear all about the bad stuff. There's really a lot of exciting stuff happening and government working really well at the state and local level to really solve people's problems. And part of what we're doing at the forum is to, is to show those uh, where, you know, where government is doing a great job and to, um, to export those ideas around the country. Our sincere appreciation to Ms. Debbie Cox Bolton, CEO of the New Deal Forum, authors of the Democracy Playbook, for being our guest again for this edition. You can check out the playbook online at New Deal Leaders, that's New Deal Leaders, two L's, newdealleaders.org slash democracy hyphen playbook. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay in your game. Grab a flu or COVID shot if you need them. And many thanks to you as well for sharing a few of your weekend moments with us.